Welcome back to Ramplify, a student-centered podcast hosted by the Center for Career Equity, Development, and Success at Suffolk University. This podcast is produced to support the ways you think about, talk about, and engage with career readiness and career self-management. Hello, everyone. My name is Michelle Goldberg. I use she, her pronouns. I'm so excited to be here today from the Center for Career Equity, Development, and Success. My role in the center is the Associate Director of the Management and Entrepreneurship Career Community. And I'm joined today by two phenomenal colleagues, Laura Marchant, Senior Associate Director of Accounting, Finance, and Data Analytics Career Communities, and Kelly Garland, the Assistant Director of the Public Administration, Government, and Law Career Community. Today we'll be discussing our NACE competencies. NACE is the National Association for Colleges and Employers, and we have eight career readiness competencies, each of which demonstrate ways in which you can be successful in your career path. Today we'll be focusing on the competency of communication. But before we dive into that, we'd love to introduce to you all a little bit more about each of our own career communities. So Laura, what are you most excited about in working with your career community this semester and this year? Thanks, Michelle. It's great to be here today. The accounting, finance, and data analytics career community is something that I'm passionate about as I have relationships built with a lot of employers in the area that connect with students in those majors. So anything that brings the employment community to the students, whether it be a job fair, a networking event, a panel, so that those relationships can start, those connections can happen. So I'm really excited about introducing students, our talent, to the employment community. Excellent. Thanks, Laura. So exciting. What about you, Kelly? Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me here today. I think for the career community, for a public administration, government, and law, we have such a robust amount of talent here with our students as well as our faculty. It's been really great uh, the past few weeks in the semester collaborating with faculty, going into classrooms. Myself, as many of us in our office, we all just started, a lot of us, in April. So it's been nice to kind of get some face time with students to introduce ourselves as well as this new career community concept to them. But I've also spent a lot of time getting to know our alumni. We have such a strong alumni base, so it's been great to not only hear about their excitement and involvement to give back to Suffolk in various ways in our career center, such as through the RAMP program, the RAM Alumni Mentoring Program, speaking on panels, but also just hearing about their experiences as students. I think the funniest thing that I've learned here so far is if you go to the State House here, anytime you walk, you're going to bump elbows with a Suffolk alum. So it's been really great to meet the folks who have really gone the way in the distance with their Suffolk degree and hopefully help to cultivate the next generation of our public service leaders. Thank you both. Something so exciting about career community is just the number of constituents we work with. Not only do we support students in our career communities, but we are also, just like you mentioned, working with alumni, working with employers. Something that's been really exciting for me in the management and entrepreneurship career community is working with phenomenal partners on campus, both with faculty and staff. I know we're very privileged to work very closely with the Center for Entrepreneurship, the MBA program, the Executive MBA program, the Masters in Management and Organizational Leadership, as well as partnerships with the Center for Student Diversity and Inclusion and some student organizations. So I've loved getting to know campus in this way, also starting recently in April, like Kelly mentioned, as a new member of the Suffolk community. So I've really, really enjoyed not only learning what the students need, but how faculty can support and how we can work together to help students achieve their career goals. 
Our main goal with career communities is to empower our students for their own career success. And so we align ourselves with these NACE career readiness competencies that I mentioned earlier, which really provide a framework for addressing career-related goals and outcomes of activities inside of the classroom, outside of the classroom, in the workplace, really anywhere that someone can gain skills. So today, moving forward, we will be talking about communication. And communication as defined by NACE is the act of clearly and effectively exchanging information, ideas, facts, and perspectives with people inside and outside of an organization, which can look like many things. As we dig in a little bit more, Kelly, we'll start with you. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you define communication as a skill to our students? I think communication is something that it's very layered. I think initially we think about oral communication. How can we dictate and express our feelings and emotions in words to convey our thoughts or ideas to others? But I think especially thinking about the students that I work with in my career community, but I think it really applies to all. Really at the core of it, you know, effective communication is not just being able to say what you want and hopefully get your point across to the people that you're speaking in front of, but it really is listening to what the other person is saying. I think listening is at the core of everything because you need to understand their perspective. I think a lot of the students I work with, so much about it is persuasion, right? If you're going to be a lawyer or a congressperson, you need to kind of persuade people to be on your side. But the best way to have a persuasive argument is to understand the other side and also, more importantly, to understand your audience. When you're speaking with people inside your organization who understand the lingo and abbreviations, you can have more of that shorthand or more in-depth industry conversation. But if you're going to speak in front of the general public, right, you need to switch and be able to explain perhaps very complex issues and topics to more of a general public. So it really is at the core. And I think before being able to even start to have that verbal conversation or even that written is, again, understanding who your audience is and understanding what the concerns are and understanding the thoughts of the person that you're speaking to. That's such a great point, Kelly. Whenever I think of the word communication, the way that I describe it is very similar. The ability to communicate to someone what you are trying to say, no matter what their background is. So understanding that audience is so key. Being able to speak up or use your body language or eye contact to be able to get a message across if someone may not be speaking the same language as you or may not have the same background in industry as you're talking about, to be able to get that same point across no matter who it is that you're communicating with. Laura, what are your thoughts about your personal definition of communication? Yeah, I like all these thoughts, definitely. And I really appreciate the NACE definition as well. When I'm talking about communication skills with students, I talk often about storytelling, them being able to convey their story, whether it's to an employer in an interview or whether it's in a classroom setting, or if it's at a networking event and they want to brand themselves or have a so-called elevator pitch. I talk to students about having a clear and concise way of telling their story, telling about their experiences, telling about their skill set, how that relates to either a job they're looking for or classroom presentation or a group project, and really being able to get that across in a very concise, clear manner. And as you said, Kelly, the listening part of communication 
is so key, whether it's teamwork or interviewing or at a networking event, it's important to listen to what the other person has to say. And sometimes repeating back what the other person says, summarizing it so you have a good understanding of it, I think is really helpful in any situation. That's great, Laura. You bring up a great point. Immediately when I think of communication, I think of an interpersonal skill, right? The way that you're interacting with other people. But communication is also so important for your personal development to be able to communicate your own value, your own skills, your own worth whenever you're moving forward into that next internship or volunteer opportunity or full-time jobs. Being able to leverage communication for your personal development as well as your interpersonal development really is key. So in thinking about communication as an effective skill, it comes in so many different forms. There's oral communication, written communication, nonverbal practices. So in all of that nuance, can you tell us a little bit more about what it means to be a good communicator? Kelly, I know you were saying something in our conversation last week about how communication has changed as a concept in the past 100 years. I'd love for you to elaborate on that. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. I know when we started having this conversation about communication and what does it mean to us, how do we help our students really cultivate that skill, it really brought me back to learning in high school history class, Nixon versus JFK. It was the first televised presidential debate. And it was this whole discussion about folks who saw JFK and Nixon on their television thought JFK had won based on body language, how he presented himself. But those who listened on the radio, as they had for all the other prior presidential debates before, thought Nixon had won. So it really is accumulation of how you present physically, what is your body language, what are you able to convey your intonation, what type of words are you using. I think like you said before, Michelle, I think is a great point. We are living in a very diverse world. You know, we have so many folks who speak multiple languages, even if they are proficient in English, they might feel more comfortable in their native language. And we're so lucky here at Suffolk, we have such a fantastic international student body here. We're able to share their perspectives in so many different ways. And I think that brings up a further great point that communication so often when we're speaking, we think it's just English, but how can we really have our students elevate? What if they are able to speak with American Sign Language or another native language or something that they're learning here in the classroom or in some of the community language houses, you know, it really expands and it's really important to find that middle ground. And I know in today's world, how do we navigate when perhaps beforehand we were looking towards facial inflections, but now we have these masks? How can we really leverage our communication still and to get our point across? Thank you so much, Kelly. Laura, what do you have to add? I think authenticity is an important mm-hmm. piece to add to the conversation, kind of to piggyback off of what Kelly said. I think good communicators stay true to themselves and whatever that might be. And it just helps the listener and the audience get a better understanding of who you are and the point that you're trying to get across. And it's just any relationship, I think, whether it be a professional relationship, personal relationship, whether it be between employer and employee, student and faculty. I think staying true to yourself and being authentic is is the way to go. I love that. Good communicators stay true to themselves. I absolutely love that. Thank you, Laura. So thinking about 
communication is an important skill. We've talked about how we would explain it to our students, but we also know that we work with employers all of the time and we're hearing about their needs for their interns, for their full-time positions. So Laura, can you start us off by telling us a little bit more about what you hear from the employers you work with when they express the value of communication as a skill for job seekers? It is one of the important skills that is definitely sought after by employers, whether it be written communication skills or oral communication skills. Employers like to see candidates that are able to convey concisely whatever point it is they're trying to get across. So it is a very important skill that employers are seeking these days. And like I said, whether that be written or oral, it's important for the student to be able to demonstrate that either through a cover letter or in an interview and express themselves, their skills, their talents, be able to tell their story and about their experiences. I've heard that a lot, the concise, clear communication. I think there's a skill of being fluent with your words and communication, being comfortable speaking in front of people. That's one positive skill affiliated with communication. But another, especially in writing and especially when operating in a business setting, is that conciseness. You can continue to talk and talk, and that means you're good with words. But I think, Kelly, you said this the other day, good communication does not mean you're the loudest person in the room. It means you're getting your point across in the best way possible. Kelly, what do you have to add from your employer experience? I think a lot of what Laura said, it's really communication on every front that we've kind of discussed already. But I think particularly with mine, oftentimes we really are looking at the writing samples of students and they're really taking a closer eye to the written aspects of their application materials, even before they can even present themselves orally and with body language in front of an employer during an interview. I think they're really, like Laura said, they're looking for folks who are able to draft memos, be really concise, clear with their words, because so often, especially in these entry-level roles, and even as they continue up the ladder, it really is at the core of being a lawyer, being chief of staff, working as a lobbyist, working in campaigns. So that really is the written aspect is really something that our employers are hitting home for this particular group of students that I work with in my career community. Definitely. To get even more specific, I would love for each of you to share a little bit more about what communication looks like in your career community specifically. Laura, let's start with you. Well, we're talking about accounting, finance, and data analytics. So we all know that some of that information can be very complex and difficult to understand. So being able to convey complex information in terms that everybody can understand is a really, really important part of this particular career community. In listening mindfully and with respect, I think, to whether it be a client or a team member that you're working with and really understanding what the audience need is, I think, is really critical. Absolutely. I know I really appreciate when anyone who's handling my finances, accounting and tax needs is a clear communicator since I have no background in that. So it's really important so right for students to remember the clients that they're working with and be able to communicate these complex ideas in a simpler way for people who do not have that background. Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I think especially with when you think about public administration, government, and law, so often it is not only just the 
written persuasion that we focus on, but also the oral. Whether you are working at the state, federal, or local levels of government, or you are a lobbyist, or you're on the campaign trail, or you're a lawyer, so much of what you're doing is advocating for what you believe in and trying to get others who perhaps are on the fence or don't necessarily see your point of view to understand your perspective. So again, it's really going back to that piece of persuasion, having the facts, a lot of doing research, reading these huge briefs and news articles, and again, kind of taking these complex issues that they might be experts in, digesting them and being able, again, to understand their audience, understand their constituents, understand who they're speaking with to not only get them to perhaps vote for them in future elections, but to get money, part of fundraising, get other you know politicians to decide to push legislation to really enact change. So, so much of what we see in the change that we want to see in the world comes from this area of communication. Again, whether it's through Facebook, through television ads on the radio, through printed media, all these forms of communication, especially in public administration, government, and law are really at the heart of being persuasion and having these influencing skills that really can make a difference. Absolutely. And when I think about the management and entrepreneurship career community, it's a unique community, right? You can go into management in any industry. Someone studying for their MBA might be interested in tech or healthcare or education, not just business as a sector. Someone interested in entrepreneurship may be interested in launching a venture in fashion or sports marketing or something like that. It really can go anywhere. So the skill that is consistent across all of these spaces and all of these industries with communication truly is that listening factor that we've been talking about. I think when I talk to management entrepreneurship students, the only population I'm in front of when I ask, how do you feel about networking? And I see all smiles. Everyone gets really excited. People typically are confident in their speaking skills, but it's the listening that really takes a lot of practice and a lot of work. For folks interested in consulting, you must be listening to your clients' needs to understand what they're hoping to achieve to be able to use that strategic thinking to communicate the best and most effective way to alter their business plan. For folks interested in launching their own venture or applying innovation in the work that they do, they must be listening and doing a needs assessment, gathering the information of the population that they're hoping to support to effectively make decisions to move on to that next step. So pause a little bit and stop talking sometimes when needed and really focus on the listening, the listening of the needs of the clients and the communities that you're hoping to support. So thinking about imparting all of this wisdom into our student population and our alumni out there in these industries, what can folks be doing now to improve their communication skills, whether it be during college or afterwards? I think so often students think, oh, I have to get an internship in order to really strengthen this skill set, where what they're doing day in and day out in their classroom is exactly where they should be developing and strengthening their communication skills. So often with students, especially when talking about writing samples, and cover letters. They're like, oh, I just, that's not my strength. We have a fantastic tutoring center here on campus that peer tutors, professional tutors can help them really refine that skill set. I always encourage going to faculty office hours as well if they're writing a research paper or drafting a memo and really learn from the faculty who are experts in these areas that they're hoping to get into. Again, it's encouraging them to use their network. So often I think they don't realize that 
the folks that they're engaging with day in and day out in the classroom are fantastic and participate in class. Maybe raise your hand, challenge yourself at least once a week to to participate. That's great advice, Kelly. I'd have to say that practice, practice, practice is the way to get more comfortable. Practice with friends, family, classmates in a group session. I even tell students sometimes practice in front of a mirror. Look in front of a mirror and tell your story. Answer the question, tell me about yourself. Answer the question, what are your strengths? It's funny how difficult that is to do, but it really does help you become more confident in talking about who you are and what you bring to the table. Definitely. That's what I had written down too, Laura. Practice, practice, practice. So we can't emphasize that enough. And whether that's spoken communication, written communication, or even body language, folks in the Career Center and across campus, as Kelly and Laura mentioned, can support you. If it is public speaking or verbal communication that you're hoping to improve, there are global organizations that have different locations such as Toastmasters to look into to help improve your confidence in public speaking. If you're hoping to improve your writing skills when thinking about your resume, or or even just emails to employers, come on by the Career Center. We have drop-ins multiple times a week, pop-ups all over campus, appointments with your career advisor, and we can do simple things like just read an email that you're hoping to send to an employer to help provide feedback about forming sentences and approaching an employer in a written way, as well as preparing for that interview. We also have virtual platforms like Quincia, where you can submit your resume and gain feedback from artificial intelligence. You can do the same with your interviews. There's resources all over the place to practice and continue to better those communication skills. And in closing, one question for all of us to answer, for everyone to get a bit of a better sense of what we're doing to apply communication, how do we each use communication in our own work? Laura, let's start with you. Well, to me, communication is all about connecting with people. And I like to connect with feelings, not facts. And I'm going to end with a quote from Maya Angelou, who said, people will forget what you said and did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Thank you, Laura. That's such a beautiful quote and so impactful. The way that I use communication, I think most prevalently in my work, is shaping language for the diversity of populations that I'm working with, whether that be identity-based diversity, industry-based diversity, experience-level diversity. I work with first-year undergraduate students who come into college and say, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, and help them really learn what a career center can do for them and how we can support. And then I work with executive MBA students with 20-plus years of experience and whole teams under them looking to further advance their career in their years leading up to retirement. So really being able to shape my own skills and an impact in the career center to folks with different levels of experiences and different backgrounds. How about you, Kelly? Yeah, I think, Laura, you said it best. And Michelle, I totally agree with that as well. I think something that I've been trying to do is trying to put myself back in the shoes when I was in college with doesn't seem like so long ago, but each passing day is getting further and further away. And knowing that, talking about the next chapter, it can be intimidating. It can be uncomfortable. It can be scary. Sometimes there's so many options and opportunities you don't even know where to begin. So really been trying to, whether it's in classroom visits or meeting with students, just try to be, I think, like you said earlier, Laura, be authentic. Try to be a warm, friendly face, an encouraging person that folks can come to to ask those questions about 
how do I form this email to an employer or where do I even begin? And I always try. I love written communication. I Every day I run home to my mailbox and see if I have any mail. Usually it's just a bill, so nothing too exciting. But the days that I do get a card, it's just so nice to know that someone thinks of you. So even when meeting with students, if I hear they have an interview on Friday, just try to send a nice email over to them, written thought of, hey, I'm thinking of you. Good luck. So I think hopefully it goes a little bit of ways and a boost of confidence. And I think sometimes we can really use our words in both written and oral just to to give each other a pat on the back and know that we're here to support each other, especially knowing the climate we've been in the past few years. I think just a quick hello and hey, I'm thinking of you in all these different ways can go a long way and make someone's day. That really can make all the difference. I want to thank you both for communicating with me for this time here during this podcast. And we hope that all of you out there will come join us in the Career Center to further improve your communication skills. Thank you for listening today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. As always, be sure to check out our website at suffolk.edu slash career center and follow us on social media at suffolk underscore careers.